welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. I'm over the moon excited today. Do you want to know why? Because the book we're talking about is Out of This World? Yes, and so are the authors and illustrator. We're talking with Jane Yolen, Heidi Stemple, and Matt Phelan today about A Kite for Moon, a story of a boy who befriends the moon. I love how the moon is anthropomorphized in this story. Me too. And no spoilers, but the ending. Oh, the ending. It's one of those that sticks with you long after you've finished reading. We're excited to chat today with Jane, Heidi, and Matt about their creative process. Let's talk. So, Jane and Heidi, what was the inspiration for this book? <laughs> it's, it's a funny story. I wrote it. Then Heidi got a look at it. She said, I hate this, <laughs> basically. She said, let me take a whack at it. And she did. She took a whack at it. And when she took the whack at it, I said, it's no longer my book. It's our book. And as my book, it never sold. As our book, it's so good. <laughs> wow. Great job, Heidi. I'll back up a little bit. The actual inspiration before I came on board was a little bit about my grandfather, my mom's dad, Willie Olin, who was a kite flyer. Not only a kite flyer, he was the world champion. Actually a kite liar. He wasn't actually a world champion. He announced he was the Western hemisphere champion and then he went and he defended his title (laughs) so he said we'd have no idea if he did and then he got a letter from the maharaja of Bharatpur, who said i am the eastern hemisphere kite flying champion and i challenge you to a duel at my palace wow and here and here are two tickets so my father did not ask my mother to go with him. He asked the man who was, at that point, the most famous newspaper reporter on sports, a sports reporter. And the two of them went to the Maharaja's palace, where the kite, first the martini bearer gave them martinis, and then the kite bearer put the Maharaja's kite up, and my father put his kite up, and they had a fight. And my father won because... We know this because Red Smith said he did in his columns and came home and called himself the international pipeline champion. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. I love it. That's so amazing. <laughs> Although, of course, my grandfather wasn't the, the actual boy. The story grew from there. So for the inspiration, that's kind of a little uh, inside story of the actual inspiration for the beginning of the story. But like most stories, it changed a lot from there, mm. obviously. It came about somebody completely different. Definitely. I love that. So Matt, what inspired you to choose this project to work on, you know, besides working with Jane and Heidi? Well, that was going to say that's the first thing, obviously, (laughs) working with Jane and Heidi. My first question when I read it was, is this Neil Armstrong? And if they said, no, it's not Neil Armstrong. And I said, okay, good. Because that's what I really liked about it. I like this idea of this boy that was so focused on this thing that through his life, 
you know, studies and goes all the way up to being an astronaut. I just liked how, how it came back to touching the moon and putting his hand on the moon. I just thought it was a really nice story about not only, it's sort of, you know, a story about ambition and being really focused on a goal. But as an illustrator, it has to be something that grabs you. And that's what grabbed me, this idea of this boy that held on to this idea and then does it at the end of the, the book. I love that. We were in a lecture at Keene State in the audience and Matt was speaking and he put on a picture while he was giving his keynote and it was of a little girl walking into a classroom and the perspective goes from behind her. The minute I saw it, I poked my mom in the ribs and I said, kite for moon, kite for moon. (laughs) But I knew instantly that Matt had to illustrate this book because it was just exactly how I pictured it. We lobbied hard and happily very happily, the publishing company, Zonder Kids, agreed, and that's how Matt wound up on the project. They didn't have to lobby me hard. I was right <laughs> after I did that little speech, Jane and Heidi basically said, you are going to illustrate one of our books. And I said, yes. Okay, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> the rest of that story, which you may not even know, Matt, the people who at Zonder Kids, they kept on saying, well, how about so-and-so? How about so-and-so? How about so-and-so? How about so-and-so? And we said, eh, maybe, 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 but what about Matt Fallon? And they said, well, how about so-and-so? And we said, well, how about Matt Fallon? And then, <laughs> um, how about so-and-so? And then I said the magic words. I said, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We knew. We had seen you at one of the mass signings that we all do together. Well, not anymore, but you had said, yes, I'm between books available (laughs) available note to self so i know we talked a little bit about the writing process but what else can you tell us about the writing process of this story well this book came about like no other book we've worked on before she alluded to it before where this was a fully written manuscript that was turned down a lot so My mom wanted to send it out again, and she asked me to grab the manuscript, and I did, and I read it. And what I did was I said to her, this is too long. It's too sentimental. It goes, I mean, it just went on and on and on and on. And I know, (laughs) in the background laughing because she's heard that original line. And I said, can I take a look at it? And what I did was I sort of, I halved it for sure. I condensed it. I took all of the lovely bones that it had and I just brought them to the surface and took out the extra stuff. We talk a lot about compressing a manuscript. and I think that's just what I did. Then I brought it into her and she read it. And that's when we decided it was our manuscript because it had changed enough story-wise even to be both of ours. And we'd never worked in that way before. Recently, about a year ago, and this was after the book was published, I was going through the files and we argue all the time about who wrote what line and who did that and who fixed this part. (laughs) And I found in the file, the original manuscript that she had sent to her agent, which is our agent, and it was rejected. And I didn't give any preamble. I just walked into her office and I said, may I read you something? And (laughs) my office is in her house. So (laughs) I said to her, may I read you something? She said, yes. And so I read her the manuscript and she just looked at me and she said, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The story was beautiful. The story that Matt responded to, that was always there, but I felt like it needed a stronger ending and it needed to get a lot of it out of there. Um, All the things we say to our students. I hadn't said to myself. 
<laughs> That's my takeaway from that. I hadn't said to myself, compress, compress, compress. I hadn't said to myself, let the lyric line do your work for you. I hadn't said, has he earned the ending? And once Heidi took her whack at it, which was more like a machete, it found all of that that was there and more. You know, when that happens, it's pure magic. It is magical. And after having heard the first version (laughs) and read the published version, it's truly a beautiful collaboration. So Matt, can you give us a little bit of a look into your illustrative process for this story? The first thing I did was I sketched the boy because if I didn't get the boy right, I figured it, you know, it was pointless. So I I got the boy. I knew I wanted him to be Syrian, you know, Indian or Pakistani or something. I wanted him to be not Neil Armstrong. So once I drew the boy, I kind of was off and running. And I think because of the sketches were very close to the final book, what I then did was I allowed myself to experiment a little bit with the art itself. I did a technique that I hadn't done before, whereas what you see in the book is the size of the line art. Then I scanned the artwork into my computer, reduced it, and made tiny paintings. So the paintings are about 50% smaller than the line art. And then I scanned the painting separately, enlarged the painting, and then matched it up with the line art as much as I could. And what that does is it doesn't match up entirely because I wasn't really looking at the line art when I was painting. So it made the painting very free. And when I combined with the line art, it built in these imperfections, you know, that it wasn't going to match up perfectly. And I liked that energy that it gave to the book. I thought that looked right. So it was an interesting technique. Kite for me was the first time I tried that. So that was fun. I think it's very close to the sketch version you guys saw, probably. I think that we should warn people listening, don't try this at home. (laughs) (laughs) No, you should try it at home. That's what it's it's a lot of fun. Separating the painting and the the line art was very nice because, you know, because the paintings were tiny and, you know, I had my little sketch watercolor kit and they were fun and exciting. And I didn't know if they were going to work. When you have the final painting in front of you, there's a lot of that voice in your head being like, okay, well, the line art looks good. Don't mess up the painting, (laughs) which is what illustrators are often thinking. And this took that away. It was very much more playful and exciting. It was a fun book to illustrate. You did such a good job. We always trust our illustrators. They always make everything better. So that I always tell my students is that there are three ways that people can illustrate your book. And all of them make sense for certain books. One is they can do it exactly as you said it. You know, exactly. The second one is it can be a decorative book. And the third is what I call a heart book, where they find the meaning, the absolute depth and add to it. And that's what you did in this book. That's what you did. I love those three things. I think that is absolutely true about how to approach illustration. And the third is what I try to do with with everything I've done, because I don't think I'm very good at decorative or just here it is. (laughs) And I do feel as an illustrator, unless you find that connection, you really can't illustrate the book, you know, as well as it can be illustrated. Someone else should do it because children's books can't be phoned in. And if you don't find that deepness of a book, it's not going to pull the best out of you. And then the book deserves the best. There's definitely a synergy between the art and the words in this book that is palpable. So We have one last question for everyone. Um, Let's start with you, Jane. When someone reads A Kite for Moon, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope that they feel at the end, and very often this does happen, that they take a deep breath, you know, like that. Because, I mean, you've actually seen him from a child. 
growing into the man he becomes. And when he puts his hand down on the moon's surface and says, hi, moon, I've come home. He's done that for everybody who's reading the book. And it's one of the few books that I've written. Maybe the other one is Al Moon, that I feel that there's that at the end of it. And when that happens, even though it had changed over the time with Heidi's input, with Matt's input, that all three of us could come to that same place was really important to me. I love that. There's something about moon books. Moon, something yeah. magical. <laughs> they look really good together too. <laughs> what about you, Heidi? For me, what we write in the book when we sign it is follow your dreams. And that for me is sort of the takeaway on this book. You don't have to follow your dream that you had at five and become an adult who does that. Having that passion, you can follow through with it. You can create lots of different dreams. We were thinking about Neil Armstrong and the type of person he must have been to have such lofty goals and to follow through and make it come true. I mean, when he was a boy, there wouldn't have been astronauts even. To love something and want to work really hard to get it, um, that's really what the book is about. And then on the last page, which I don't want to give away, the passing that on to new people, continuing this. Every generation of children has that same ability to reach for their dreams. I love that. What about you, Matt? I think it's a book about possibilities and potential. And I think that's a great message to have in a book. I'm very proud to be a part of this one. A big thank you to Jane Yolen and Heidi Stemple and Matt Phelan for joining us today and giving us a look into their creative process for A Kite for Moon. Check out the show notes to learn more about Jane, Heidi, and Matt and their other fabulous books. And remember, if you have a picture book you love and you think we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking!